This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you turn in your Bible to Ruth, chapter 2, as we continue to study this wonderful passage that the Lord has preserved for us so that we can can have it for all time and be able to learn. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much this morning, Lord, that you love us so much that after having saved us, you started on the work to transform us, to change us from what we were. As the hymn says, to change us for what we are to what we should be. Then, Lord, we, we will give you the thanks one day for having worked in our hearts. We know, Lord, that you do this work through your word. Your word is a transforming word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so now, Lord, together as we present our hearts to you, do your work through your word as we study and depend on you to transform us in Jesus' name, amen. Ruth chapter two, verse one. And Naomi had a kinsman and of her husbands, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Eli Melech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto him, go my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her half was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Eli Melech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto a servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it's the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. 
Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. For not I've charged the young man that they shall not touch thee. And when thou art thirsty, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young man have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger? Boaz answered and said to her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father, thy mother, the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work. A full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. Now, in our study of Ruth here, we have been following this man, Boaz. And in verse four, as he returned home from Bethlehem, and he, we watched Boaz. It was interesting for us because we saw him as he comes, he greets the, the reapers there, and the first words out of his mouth are a prayer. He prays for his workers. As soon as he sees them, he offers a prayer for them. We saw, we saw Boaz pray in verse two that, that the Lord would, would be with, with, his, um, with his reapers, with his workers, and then we saw how this encouraged his workers to pray for Boaz so that the, the Lord would bless him. So then we watch Boaz go on. Sorry, verse four. We watch Boaz go on in verses five through seven as he learned from his foreman about this Moabite woman that had come to his field. Her name was Ruth. And, and so then we came to verse eight to this momentous time when Boaz then speaks directly to Ruth. And as we did, as he did that, we felt the fear, the anxiety, the anticipation that was in Ruth's heart as she faced with this question, is Boaz going to accept me? Is Boaz going to reject me? I am. I cannot change the fact that I am a despised Moabite. But in verse 8, we felt the joy and the relief as Ruth heard this most accepting word she could have heard from Boaz when he addressed her with the most comforting, the most wonderful words she could have heard, which was simply, verse eight, then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? He said, my daughter, my daughter, go not to glean another field. We felt the encouragement just well up inside of Ruth, and, and we could just imagine that she said to herself, what? Did he just call me my daughter? Does he really accept me as if I was his daughter? And we felt this relief as she said, at long last, she, she thought, I found a person in Israel who accepts me and who looks beyond the fact that I'm a Moabite. And then we felt this assurance as, as, as Ruth heard Boaz give her specific instructions as to what she's to do. He starts off with, neither go from hence, these are his neither go from hence instructions in verses eight and nine. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean another field, neither go from hence. Abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. I charge the young man, they won't touch you. And when you're thirsty, go to those vessels. Those young men, those young men that I'm, that I'm holding back from touching you, they're, they're drawing you water. And, and we felt with Ruth, as she heard how Boaz gave all these specific instructions of which field she's to work in, the same fields that his maidens work in, where in the fields she is to work, right alongside his maidens, what to do when she's thirsty, go to those vessels 
the young men have filled up. They filled it up for you. And we felt this sense of security for Ruth as she felt, as she heard Boaz assure her, I am providing for your safety. I've commanded the young man not to touch you. And what was so clear to Ruth is that Boaz was really, really treating her on the same level as, and the same honor as if she was his daughter. And, and, and we put ourselves in the position of Ruth, and we're hearing all these words from Boaz, and we're just, it's amazing. And then we saw how just grace just flows to her from, from Boaz, as she understood how Boaz has really taken the time to study her situation and her needs, and then he's worked to provide for them. And so we felt with Ruth all this gratitude just well up in her when she says in verse 10, and when it says about her in verse 10, she falls on her face, she bows herself to the ground, she says to him, why, why, why have I found this grace in your eyes? You should take knowledge of me, I'm a stranger. And there were those, these were Ruth's first words to Boaz. And her first words to Boaz are a question. Why did you, why, why have I found all this grace? And, and we saw how Boaz gave the reason. He said, I'll tell you, I have heard all that you've done. You've done so much. He says, for your mother-in-law, he put it this way, it hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. And from what Boaz has said, we learn that that impressed him how much she has taken care of her mother-in-law and how much it cost her to take care of her mother-in-law, Naomi. In verse 11, Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, how thou hast left thy father, thy mother, the land of thy nativity, come to a people which thou knowest not. See, we saw in verse 11 how Boaz, he, he emphasizes this word, all. He says, he, he says, I come to learn all that you do. He, it seems like he knew everything about Ruth and all that it had cost her and what she had done in order to take care of her, of her mother-in-law, Naomi. See, Boaz told Ruth, he was aware of how when Ruth was grieving through her own personal pain of having her husband die, she reached out to take care of Naomi. He learned that Boaz told her, he said, I know that of how you endured your own personal pain of leaving your father, leaving your mother, leaving all that's familiar to you so that you could take care of Naomi. He says, I know, I'm aware of how you endured your own personal fears of coming as an outcast to a foreign people so that you could take care of Naomi. And so, and so he's saying, now, I'm going to take care of you. And so then Boaz recites what he calls in verse 11, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law, and then he breaks into this spontaneous prayer for Ruth when he says in verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's a prayer. The, the Lord recompense thy work is Boaz's prayer for Ruth. And as we see Boaz, he's breaking into these uh, spontaneous prayers. You know, he's breaking into spontaneous prayer for Ruth. He's breaking into spontaneous prayer for his workers in verse four, the Lord be with you. We see clearly, Boaz was a man of spontaneous prayer. I mean, we wanna get to know this man, Boaz. He's a man of spontaneous prayer. These spontaneous prayers of Boaz show us that Boaz has a life 
of prayerfulness. And as we see that Boaz had a life of prayerfulness, we say, I want that. I want that life of prayerfulness that Boaz had. So we ask the question, what is the secret of his life of prayerfulness? And that's what we want to think about today. The secret of Boaz's life prayerfulness. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, he told us what the secret is, and you might want to turn to this, Luke 11, 9 through 11. Luke 11, 9 through 11 is where the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I want to explain to you the secret of a life of prayerfulness. I want to tell you why Boaz could, was the man of prayerfulness. Here's the, the elements. So the Lord Jesus Christ tells us the secret in Luke 11, 9 through 13, as we read. And I say unto you, ask, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? See, the key to Boaz's life of prayerfulness is tied up in these three simple words, ask, seek, knock. And, and what we see in those three simple words of ask, seek, knock is a progression. It's a clear progression. In ask, seek, knock, we see a progression. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. At the first level of intensity, I simply ask in prayer. Then I go further, and I, I, I mount up to the second level of intensity, which is where I seek in prayer. Then I go further still, and I go up to the third level of intensity, which is where I knock in prayer. Now, what are these three increasing levels of intensity of prayer, of ask, seek, and knock? See, what is this first level of intensity of prayer, of asking? Asking is the simplest form of prayer. It is just making requests. You know, at the Wednesday night prayer meeting, I love to hear David Hall pray. I do, Dave. I love to hear you pray. I love to, because when David starts to pray, he always says this, now, Father, we are praying for this. That's how he does it. And then what, what's so wonderful is that he doesn't just read off the list, but he, he goes into a depth and he says, now, Father, this is the problem, as if God didn't know. But nevertheless, he tells him that. that here's the problem. And then, and, and then he, says, he says, we are asking for this. That's an art. That's an art of requesting. It's the art of specifically stating the problem and being specific in the request to God. You know, it's the, it's the question, what is the problem? What's the issue? And what are we asking God to do? And we see Boaz, he, he's exercising this art of asking. He is specifically, he stated specifically that Ruth has left all, Father, and, and she's destitute to, to, to now taking care of Naomi. And so he specifically states the request to God, would you please recompense her work? and give her a full reward. That's the art of seeing a problem, boiling it down to clearly state what the problem is and clearly state what God is being asked to do. This, level of, this, 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 this prayer here, this level of prayer, this asking level of prayer is described in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, 
let your requests be made known unto God. That's the first level of prayer. That's asking. It's called, let your requests be made known unto God. See, asking requires a clear statement of the problem, a clear request, what is God being asked to do? That's why the Lord Jesus Christ, he asked the blind man, state clearly, state clearly what you want me to do. In Mark 10, 51, then Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Okay, then he got his sight. That reminds me of what happened uh, some years ago uh, it, with uh, Norma and Rusty Young in, in their church in La May, uh, France, just outside of Paris. We used to visit them. Every time we'd go to, to, to France, we would visit their church. And, and, and so I got kind of close to Rusty and still am. And, and, and during World War II, he explained to me that Rusty, in, in, during World War II, was a big change time for Rusty. It was a big change time for Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim was saved by reading a Gideon's Bible in World War II. And, and, and also during World War II, Rusty Rung, Young, he had decided that he was gonna be a full-time missionary for God. And so they both ended up meeting each other at Prairie Bible Institute. And then 67 years ago, Rusty married Norma, and they went to France, and, and they established this church in LeMay. And, and as soon as the church was established, Rusty instituted there will be a Wednesday evening prayer meeting and, 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 and Rusty said, and at this prayer meeting, we will not separate the children from the adults. The children and the adults will all be together, will pray, because we want to encourage families to pray and children to pray. It's not an adult prayer meeting. And so there was this one family in the church there, and the father was out of work, and he had been out of work for three years. He hadn't had a job for three years and every Wednesday prayer meeting, the church would pray for his father to get a job, and his father didn't get a job. And on one Wednesday prayer meeting, this unemployed, his father, he has an eight-year-old son, and the eight-year-old son gets up to pray, and with a loud voice, he says, God, if you don't give my father a job, we're gonna starve to death. <laughs> on Wednesday, before the end of that week, his father had a job. See, that little boy, he knew the art of requesting. <laughs> he made a clear statement of the problem. <laughs> and he had a clear request to God. And he had short words about it. <laughs> That's the first level. That's the first level. But the Lord Jesus Christ said that in this first level of asking, there is a requirement. And he described it in Matthew 21, 22. He says, in all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. See, in this level of asking, believing is necessary. Now, that doesn't mean if I believe, if I can sit here and really work myself up to really believe something's gonna get done, it's gonna get done. It doesn't mean that. That's the power of positive thinking, and the Bible doesn't teach the power of positive thinking. This matter of believing in prayer can be seen when a father came to the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 9, 17 through 24, because in Mark 9, 17 through 24, it says, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wherever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth with his teeth, he pines away, and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. They could not. 
He answereth and said unto them, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto, uh, unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Now, here was a terrible situation. This is awful. I mean, here's a father who is helpless to stop his child from destroying himself by being destroyed by this demonic spirit that seized his son, made him foam with the mouth, made him wildly throw himself into fire and try to drown himself in water. And, and the father comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and he says, if you can do it, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, help us. You see, the words, if thou canst do anything, help us, are the words of unbelief. He doesn't really believe that he can do anything. He's saying, if you can. The father's not 100% convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ can help him. He says, if thou canst do anything. See, those words of unbelief, it limited the Lord Jesus Christ. It limited him from, limited him from helping him. See, that's how unbelief limits God. In the same way that unbelief limited the Lord Jesus Christ from doing many mighty works in his own country. It says in Matthew 13, 58, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And that's, why, that's, how, that's how unbelief limited Jehovah Jesus in the desert of Sinai during those 40 years when he wanted to do so much more for the children of Israel, but because of their unbelief, they turned back and they limited God. As it says in Psalm 78, 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. See, when this father said to the Lord Jesus Christ, if thou canst do anything, he was in a state of unbelief, and until his father turned from his unbelief, his son would not be healed. So the Lord Jesus Christ addressed the problem right on the head when he said, it's not a problem of whether I can do anything, it's a problem of you can believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him to believe. See, those words, he was saying, the problem is not with my power to help him, the problem was with your unbelief. See, it's not a problem of if I can do anything, it's a problem if you can believe. Believe what? Believe 100% that I can help your son. So he said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. He didn't say that all things will be done for him that believeth. He said all things are possible, which means that nothing is, is possible for the person who does not believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is able. See, the Lord Jesus Christ gave a specific instruction that, that when we ask in prayer that we have to, we have to believe, but he gave another instruction for when we ask in prayer. And he said this in John 14, 13. In John 14, 13, he said, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. He says, ask in my name, that I will do. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In thy name. I love it when David Hall, you know, we're, 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 we're praying this morning and, and someone says, in Jesus' name, and David says, that name. <laughs> he says that name as if we're a little asleep here. Did you get it? That name. Oh, that name. 
<laughs> he says that name. And this is emphasized by the Lord Jesus Christ. Further in the next verse, John 14, 14, if you shall ask anything in my name. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.